we'll never arrive at that fantasy land of like the best version of us, you know, always say yes to things. Even if I'm like completely feel unqualified and I'm like, I, I'm not ready to do this yet. Like I'm going to go do it and I'm going to learn from it and then I'm going to be better. Welcome back to another episode of the Journey of Pursuit podcast. Today's guest is a very close friend of mine named Nicholas Vinaglu. So sorry if I mispronounced your last name, Nick. We talk all about his journey as a musician, what it's like to tour with big names, how music school is a chance to grow and support and learn with your community instead of comparing and disconnecting from your peers, how we should be easy on ourselves as musicians and realize that our journey really never ends. The growth as a musician never really ends. Nick was born in Great Barrington, Massachusetts. He began his hopelessly romantic exploration of the guitar at age 10. He's highly influenced from blues, classical, and jazz. He graduated magna cum laude in May 2015 from Berklee College of Music with a bachelor's degree in jazz guitar performance and a minor in harmony. Currently, he is working as a musical director, songwriter, educator, producer, and guitarist in Los Angeles. He tours both nationally and internationally, working with artists such as Bozzy, Jordan Fisher, Dove Cameron, and many, many more. I mean, guys, he has so much that he can teach you. He has so much insight. I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. Without further ado, my friend, Nick. Hi, welcome. Hello. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. I feel like you're one of the first people I thought of when I had this idea. And I remember texting you about it and being like, do you think this would be a good idea? Would you be down to be on it? Yeah, I remember. It was, literally, I couldn't, I couldn't think of like a better, a better voice to just listen to talk like on a long car ride or like in the plane or something. Oh, I was like, this is you. literally perfect. For you. This is perfect thing for you to do. Thank you. Well, I want people to know who you are, how you've gotten to be the person that you are today, how you've kind of been on this journey of playing guitar and being a musician and moving to LA. So how about we start from the beginning? How did you start playing guitar? Is it something you've always wanted to do or what was your childhood like? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't really know the exact answer because there was never a moment where I was like, woke up one day and was like, I'm going to play, like, I need to play guitar. It's like my calling. You know, it was never like that, like, urgent, like, itch in a way. Um, There was always like an old rubber band guitar kind of like around the house. And I would always kind of play around with that. I learned like In the Jungle, that song, like the Jungle Book song. It was the only song I knew how to play. There was like a, we we had a family friend who played like acoustic guitar and he brought it over one night. It was playing and I remember like smelling, this sounds so weird, but I remember like smelling the wood on the guitar and it was like so fragrant and wow. fresh. And I was like, I want one that, like, I want one that's like this nice, like <laughs> smells like wood and like sounds like loud, you know what I mean? Cause like the, it had steel strings on it. It wasn't rubber band. So it was yeah. super loud. And I was like, wow, like I want to do this. And then I actually ended up getting like an electric guitar when I was like 10 or something. I I was I honestly don't know how old I was it was like seventh and eighth grade um 
like my parents had gotten divorced and I was like super, super, super depressed and like literally missed like 140 days of school this one year because I like couldn't leave my house without like having a panic attack. Um, So I just like skipped school for basically an entire year and just played guitar in my room for like 20 hours a day. Wow, it was like your form of um, expression. It was your way to kind of release tension. Yeah, it's like like the I could do no wrong and like nothing would feel wrong. You know what I mean? If I was if I was playing guitar, it's like no different than like someone who's like, oh, I'm just drinking now because when I drink alcohol, all my problems disappear. It's like the same. It was like the same kind of effect. And then I had a moment where I would like realize like it was when YouTube started coming out, and I like post. I started posting videos of me playing. And, like, people were commenting, like, wow, this is so inspiring. Like, I love this. Like, you made my day so much better. And I was like, wow. Like, people who maybe are feeling like me are, like, feeling happy feelings because I'm sharing what I'm doing in my room all day with them. And I was like, wow, I need to, like, share this with every single person ever in the world. Um, And then I kind of just snapped out of it and was like, I'm just going to, like, play guitar for people. Yeah, you really help people relate to you, almost like have that sense of community with your yeah. videos. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, which was really which was really good because it was like a very isolating time, you know? And I kind of was like, oh, no one understands why I need to be in my room playing guitar all day. And like, you know, the classic little artist <laughs> like dilemma. I totally feel um, that. How old were you when you posted your first video on YouTube? uh it's 12. wow really early like, on yeah i it, like a few of the videos that i posted when i was that old I, i'd posted like a couple videos of me playing like some Jimi hendrix songs and i had like i'd put up a lesson for like the song little wing and this was like before <laughs> guitar lessons or anything or like any kind of anything was on youtube it was like youtube was still this like old weird sketchy kind of looking site and like there weren't that many videos on it um and it would take like hours and hours to upload a video because we had dial-up internet you know it was me and like three other people who were posting like guitar lessons so there's like a video of me when i'm 12 with like millions of views because it's just like it's like the first guitar lesson for this one song that came up how cool is that (laughs) which is hilarious but I think that's what like made me go like oh wow there's so many other people out there like doing what I'm doing this is awesome like and it made me feel like a part of such a big community yeah Um, and from there you so you were 12 and later on in your life you ended up going to Berkeley right yeah so how did you go from kind of like your high school experience of playing guitar to then deciding that that's what you wanted to study so pretty much like after that after that moment I was like okay like I'm definitely just playing guitar like that's I need to do this you know what I mean it wasn't it wasn't like a it wasn't like a question or like oh my god what am I gonna do with my life and I never did great like in school I put like everything into guitar in high school and my parents kind of realized like okay like Nick's bad at math but he's just <laughs> he's, he's he's really working on music so you know, their, their essential deal was like, you need to get through high school and do as best you can. And then if you want to pursue music, pursue music, totally, totally can, but you have to go to college for music. So I, growing up in Massachusetts, like you always hear about Berkeley and it's like the best music school and I had idolized it for so long. So I was like, 
okay, like I, I'm going to go to Berkeley. That was my only plan since like my ninth grade freshman year of, of high school. I was like, I'm going to Berkeley. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to be like a rock star. Like that was my, you know what I mean? That was your dream. Um, that was my dream. And like, there was no, like no one could tell me differently. It's like trying, it's like, you know, a, a four-year-old believing in Santa. It's like nothing you can say will make them not believe in Santa. You know, you try to say, oh, well, he, how could he possibly fly around the world in a whole one night? And they're like, well, he can stop time, duh. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it was like that. I was like, there's no logical way in the world that I won't, like, won't do, do this. Yeah. You had a lot of belief in yourself in order to, like, yeah. be like, yeah, it's going to happen one way or the other. Exactly. And in high school, were you also involved in, like, any school activities, like, like kind of helped you, I guess, progress your skills in, in guitar? Or were you kind of, like, you would go to school and go home and practice there? Yeah, there was... Well, I would I would skip two classes a day <laughs> to practice. I love uh, this. I skipped study hall, which is like it's study hall, so I was like, it's yeah. not even a real class. Um, so I'd go to the the band room and, and practice, and I would usually skip um, my first period class, or like not skip the whole thing, but I would show up like thirty minutes late because I would just be practicing. And um, D ten was the room. It was like <laughs> where the detention is after school, but during school it was like the little room off of the band room. <laughs> But there was a, um, I remember the band, the jazz band director at my school, there were like no guitar players at my school. I had started like really seriously learning classical music in high school. And my, the band director approached me one day and was like, hey, do you want to join the jazz band? And I was like, maybe, like, I don't know what jazz is. Like, you know, I was so pretentious yeah. with like classical music at the time. I was like, jazz, like. <laughs> you know what I mean and I like went to one one jazz band rehearsal and like I just got so thrown in the deep end like I didn't know I didn't know what a chord like a c7 I couldn't play any of these things they threw a lead sheet in front of me and they're like great play and I was like what and I was like wow this is so freeing everyone's just doing whatever they want like and then that's kind of where I was like wow I need to learn jazz (laughs) I don't know (laughs) that's so cool though that you were saying earlier, so obviously that sparked that interest. And then you went on to go to Berkeley. And I, I love what you said that your parents were the ones that were like, if you're going to do this, you're going to go to school for it. Where I feel yeah. like a lot of times you hear a story of a musician going to school and the parents are like, why? Yeah. And I love that your parents were like, no, you're going to do this. This is what it's going to be like. <clears throat> that was a huge blessing. Um, to have like their support all the way but I think also it was slightly like they're like our son is not great in school and we finally found something that he's good at so let's let's run with this I think it's really funny Uh, I feel a lot of musicians have that stereotype like we're not good at math like even though yeah most of us might not be good at math quote unquote yeah we do so many other things for our craft like we have to wear so many hats for what we do And I feel like people forget that. Like they think that just because you have talent, you just do your thing and that you become successful. But there are so many things that happen in the back end, like recording, getting things set up, like the back end of the business, like who owns the rights, all these different things you have to figure out as a musician. And on top of that, like then you have to create your actual, like you have to kind of like dive deep and be like, okay, what? what is me who who am I and how am I gonna portray this 
into yeah, my craft. Absolutely. So I totally feel that when people were like, she's not good at math, but she can sing and she can write, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you own it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay, fine. I might not be great at math, but I do all this other stuff, so. Yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, my, my senior year um, English teacher, Miss Dow, she would give us like this weekly reading quiz. You know, we'd, we'd have like, we'd read a book basically like every month there's like a new book that we read and we read like eight chapters a week or something. And then there's like a big quiz on it every Monday. There's 10 quizzes in the whole semester. So each one is about 10% of your grade. So you like need to, to do pass, you need to pass all of them basically right. to, to best class. And I would never read. I didn't read like a page out of any of the books ever because I was just like it's my senior year. And I already knew that I got into college and I was like, I'm going to go and do my thing. So every minute that I had free, I was like practicing because I just wanted to get good at guitar. So I would turn over the quiz and I would write out like a bunch of staff lines and I would like literally write out like a song that I had written the night before. And then I would like make up lyrics <laughs> being like, basically, this is what I did instead of reading last night and why this will further my career more than reading. That is amazing. <laughs> And she passed me on every single one. I actually ended up getting an A in that class somehow. There but, you go. Um, I feel like if she saw, if she follows you now, if she sees you now, she's probably like, yeah, I did the right thing by passing him. <laughs> yeah, no, we actually, yeah, we keep in touch on Facebook. After, I guess, high school, you go to Berkeley, you have the blessing of your parents, like do your thing, study music. Once you're in Berkeley, how do you feel? Are you super excited to be there? Are you like making new friends? What's like your main goal, I guess, in at Berkeley? What was your main goal? I mean, it was definitely like a, an extremely humbling experience because, you know, I came from a really small town where I was like kind of like the, the only guitar player. So I was like, oh, I'm the best, like I'm the best guitar player. And then I get to Berkeley where I was the worst guitar player. You know what I mean? I was like, oh my God, like I was like the rock star in my town and now I'm like the noob. You know what I mean? There's like a hundred thousand people who are light years ahead of me and just way better. <laughs> Which makes you better in turn as a musician to be surrounded exactly. by people that are better at you, at you doing your thing. hundred percent. Yeah. And that's that, that lesson I'm glad I learned like right early on there because that's still something that like I, I always want to be surrounded by people who are better than me. You know, because if I'm if I'm around people who I'm just like, oh, like you guys are not really working that hard. You guys are fine. Like whatever. You know, what I mean, then I'm gonna. That's gonna kind of delegate my life in a way. You know, but yeah. if everyone around me has like a fire under their butt and they're just working all the time and working hard and like doing good things, and then you have to match that or like level up to that. You know. So yeah, that was you know that was that was probably the the greatest part about Berkeley was just being surrounded by that community of people who are like great at what they did and working really hard. And then on top of that, like everyone, seemingly everyone there has such like a powerful dream. You know, they're all, everyone's dreaming. So kind of like going to Candyland, you know what I mean? <laughs> like everyone is around you is like completely not thinking logically about their future. And they're just like, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and I'm going to be, successful and this is going to work out and there's some magic to that like collective mindset of pushing yourself forward you know yeah and everyone has different tastes too right it's true like everyone has different tastes too so even though you have a dream it might not be the same dream of, as the person that you're sitting next in your music class 
Yeah. You know? And I think that's what's the most beautiful thing about going to music school. I felt that, you know, being around a bunch of people that had a dream, but they had like a, like a different kind of dream than me, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was cool because you could always support that person. You could always be there for that person and kind of grow together in music school because you're all kind of taking the same classes and all kind of going for the same goal of like graduating with something that bigger than what you started yeah and it was really supportive too it wasn't competitive like it was it there was a healthy competition you know like competitive in the sense that look look how much andrea accomplished in the last 90 days like i need to i need to work harder now you know not like oh she's doing so good like so annoying why am I not doing good it was it was yeah it was extremely it was just a really good environment to to learn and grow yeah and also like you were saying like oh 90 days like how you know how like she did all this stuff or whatever I would always you know sometimes if that would happen it was easier for you to ask them like how did you do it can you teach me because it felt like why wouldn't you help yeah your peers you know like you're all having the same end goal of like graduating and you all want to learn together and so many people have also different gifts than you have you know like each person is so different that you never really know how you can help each other out so having a competitive mindset in music school i feel like just makes it worse for you like it'll just it won't let you grow as much as if you're a supportive musician and be like yeah i'll go to every gig that you you have and if you have any questions of how I did this, or if I can help you or you can help me, it's just better for the community. Like you're going to grow better as musicians. Absolutely. And I guess like on the, on the contrast, like on the flip side of that, like there were definitely like super low moments where I was like, Oh, you can't, you can't do this. Like look around you, look how great everyone is. You're garbage. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of moments like that too, where, you know, you're like very inspired by your community, but then you're also kind of overwhelmed and you're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is really going to take a lot of work. And like, maybe I, what if I don't have it in me? Like, what if I can't do this? What if this Imposter doesn't work syndrome. out? Maybe I, maybe, yeah, a hundred percent. That's something I've learned, like after moving to LA and like doing tours and everything and like working that like, that never goes away. Like even artists who are like rushing it, like, have crippling doubt and anxiety about it and they're like who am I why am I doing this like I was gonna say that I don't think it ever goes away I definitely think that when you're in music school you kind of get the first taste of it because you're around musicians all the time and you all have to do these assignments and you all have to kind of play for each other and get feedback from your professors and your peers and it's very nerve-wracking you're like this could be really bad and people are now gonna have to like listen to me be very bad and they're yeah. gonna tell me how bad I am, you know? But yeah. I think it's true, you, you go somewhere else, you graduate and that never goes away. But a very, I guess, prominent thing we've talked about on this podcast is having belief in yourself is really the key to continue forward. You know, like, yeah, you're gonna be around a lot of people that have done more than you or less than you, but it's your belief in yourself that will kind of keep you going forward, you know, like keep going. Like it's okay if someone else did this before you, it's okay if you're not there yet. It's okay. If you pass someone doing something first, you still have a lot to grow and you still have a lot to do. And the belief in yourself should be the thing that drives you. I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, any, any other direction ultimately I feel like won't really work if it's like, 
I need to do this to be better than better than this person. Yeah. You know, that's going to set yourself up to fail. If you can prepare yourself like that in music school, like if anyone listening to this is going to music school for the first time, I would say like that, I think that's the biggest advice we could give them is like, you're going to feel that, but use it to your benefit, like learn as much as you can and help people as much as you can. And you'll see how rewarding it is later and when you leave college you'll see that that never goes away and if you've already mastered how to deal with it then you'll be so set you know like you'll go to yeah. LA or you'll go wherever you're going and it'll be easier for you to collaborate it'll be easier for you to go forward with your own craft and not yeah. kind of compare yourself so much to everyone else no 100 percent. and I think another thing too you just made me think of is like leaving music school or if you're just not going to music school you're just leaving high school and you're like okay I'm going to do music now this is my career there's this weird kind of expectation that you need to hone your craft 100% be done with it in those four Ooh, four yeah. years of, of high school or college and then you come out and you're like here I am this is it like almost like you're designing a, a product or like baking a pie and you're like there I baked it it's in the oven it's out here you go you have to eat it now and that's how it's going to be forever <laughs> you know it's like no, it's like, to me that like looking back, that's kind of how I felt. I was like, crap, like, here we go. This is, this is me. This is it. You know, like, this is how I'm pitching myself to the world, but yeah, it's, it's net it never stops like ever, uh-huh. you know, and it, one, it shouldn't ever stop. And two, it's, it's like a train. It's like, it's, you can't just like stop a train on a dime, you know? Yeah. And I find that more, more growth comes further down the road, not just, mm you know in those formative early years yeah Um, I think also it's a different kind of lesson when you're in school you're in like a bubble right you have like your your same friends you've grown up with them for the past four years or however many years you're in school for and then you leave school and of course you're going to be gaining so much more knowledge and experience from being out of that bubble right because it's kind of like the first time you have to collaborate with someone else or you have to listen to other kinds of music and put yourself in a different kind of environment yeah I think personally I learned I learned a lot in school for sure I I always say that the best thing I got from school were my friendships were my my peers Mm -hmm. and like musicianship I built there but I think leaving like after college I definitely learned just from my surroundings and from testing the waters going into sessions for the first time with someone I had never met or writing about something I had never thought about writing about or doing so many different things that you kind of have to just like put yourself in like in a situation and just see how you how you feel and see what comes out of it I think is the best lesson or the best way to learn absolutely Um, and there's this weird thing that happens happened to me a lot and like I I do a lot of teaching too so I hear this from students all the time where they're like oh like I got I got called for an audition this weekend or a session someone wants me to go write a song with them or something and it's like they always go I I said no because I think I'm just like not ready like if I if I practice for three more months I'll be I'll be ready for it you know Mm. like or oh if if, if I only could do this like a year from now I'll be so much better and that, that mindset's just like wrong, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're never going to level up to the level that you want to be in your head. Like if I'm where I am right now, obviously I would rather be six months into the future where I'm like, okay, great. I can play this, this, and this now. 
um, you know, my, my ears are stronger, my musicianship is stronger, and I've had more experience in my belt, so I'll do better six months from now than where I am right now, right? Yeah. But then when I finally arrive to that place in six months, I've already raised the bar, you know, six months higher into the future where I'm like, okay, now X, Y, Z is something I need to work on. Yeah. So you're ne- like, we'll never arrive at that fantasy land of like the best version of us, you know, always say yes to things. Even if I'm like completely feel unqualified and I'm like, I, I'm not ready to do this yet. Like I'm going to go do it and I'm going to learn from it. And then I'm going to be better just from that, you know? Yeah. I think that's a <laughs> culprit of being a creative, right? Like yeah. every time, no matter who you are and what kind of creative you are, you always kind of have that, like, I feel like we're very hard on ourselves as creatives. We always want ourselves to be like better and more experienced and have more knowledge and kind of how you said be where we should be in six months, like right now. And if we could just enjoy the moment, enjoy where we are right now and see how fruitful it is, like see how much you can actually learn from the moment that's right in front of you. It'll build you up to be such a better musician and creative. Absolutely. You hinted at teaching and touring. So how did you get into teaching? Were you in after Berkeley or during Berkeley? Were you teaching? Yeah, I was was literally teaching since like since I posted my first YouTube video and like put out some like lessons, quote unquote lessons of me being like, yeah, I'd always taught. Like I remember as soon as I got to (coughs) to ninth grade, um, when I was in high school, I started like teaching people for three dollars for an hour after school or something you know like whatever like they buy me like lunch or they buy me a donut and I teach them guitar like I'd always been teaching forever and that has made me such a better player because when you have to explain something to someone you learn it better yourself and you learn it in different ways every time because different people learn different ways so you have to explain things differently and when you explain something to someone you know 25 different ways it's like (laughs) wow I really understand this now. So yeah, I've always, always, always been teaching forever. Um, and I love it. It's so fun breaking things down and watching how it's like no different than like being a chef and like making a pastry and giving it to someone and then like watching how they eat it and how they react to eating it and how they feel after they eat it. You know what I mean? After Berkeley, did you know that you wanted to move to LA? So no, that was like not part of the plan at all. I had graduated from Berkeley and we had, I had signed a lease to move into a house with this band that I was in. Like we were in a band all through college. Our plan was to like, you know, move into a house together, make records and tour. That was like our goal. Graduated, signed a lease, like literally security deposits down, all this, everything's ready to go. We're all moving in in like a month. I remember waking up like two days after graduating. It was literally like someone had like, you can't, I could not ignore it. I was like, I can't, I cannot do this. Like, this is not what I'm supposed to do. It was like alarming. Your intuition. Um, Yeah, it was my intuition. It was just like, because I had always like wanted to, you know, play stadiums and like tour the world. And, you know, I, I knew that some of the, some of the guys in the band maybe weren't as aligned with like the goals that I was after. And it was, it was really tough because at the time, like all of my best friends, it was just me and all my best friends in this band. And it had been us. We actually had started this band like halfway through high school. 
and then all went to Berkeley together. So it was like seven, eight years in the making. And we had really been waiting for this moment to like all graduate so we could just do it full time. Yeah, I woke up this one morning and was just like, I can't do this. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And I quit wow. the band and lost all of my best friends. And like, it was so freaking messy. Like in that moment, like looking back, because I basically, they were like, you just derailed all of our lives. Like, you know what I mean? This was our plan and you just completely ruined it. Um, Wow. So, yeah, so I, yeah, and it was tough because it was like all of my friends were in the band, you know, somehow managed to get us out of the lease. That was really crazy. And um, I ended up just kind of going like, okay, I know I don't want to do this, but I know I want to tour and play stadiums and, and travel the world and do that as my, that's like my dream. And everyone I know who's doing that on Instagram or YouTube or whatever in life is in LA. So I was like, I need to just go there. So I got, I just packed, literally packed up my stuff. Um, my, one of my friends, Jakob drove out to me. Like we just decided we're just going to drive to LA um so we drove out like this we had this big road trip we had no apartment lined up I only knew two people in LA one of them was my like ex-girlfriend from Boston (laughs) like years ago and the other person was like a family friend of hers who played guitar who's like 60 years old that was it no like we had no plan I just was like I know it's gonna work out because like I need to I need to do this like this is where yeah you knew inside you that it was the right move exactly um and we ended up kind of like on the road trip finding you know an apartment on like craigslist or something and put in a down payment hope it went through and hope it wasn't a scam and showed up and it was fine everything worked out um and then like a month later um like a friend of a friend from berkeley was starting this like gig website that was kind of like craigslist but like he wanted to make it really legitimate um for people to find gigs and find auditions and and stuff. And he's like, Hey, I just launched my website. I need someone to, um, you know, go, go do one of our gigs or an audition and just write a review for the website. So people know it's legit. And he's like, would you want to go to this audition next week? I was like, yeah, sure. Like, great. And it was my first audition ever. It was like a month after I moved to LA. Um, And I thought it was just going to be like, by the description of it, it seemed like it was like, oh, like I'm just playing at Hotel Cafe and I need a yeah. guitar player and pay 25 bucks. Like that was my mindset going into the audition. Did the audition, they like offered me the gig and then they sent me like a list of like three months worth of dates for like a, a whole US tour. And I just like pooped my pants. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? this is crazy. Um, wow. And then, yeah, I just ended up going out with this dude, Jordan Fisher, for, like, a year and a half, two years, like, straight, pretty much. Yeah, it's so weird because things, like, in my life, like, I, I think of something that I really want, and then it just appears. Like, it just We've happens. We've talked about this, yeah. Yeah, I don't, like, question it, you know what I mean? And even when I, like, really am doubting myself or the process or that, like, it's still, it'll still happen. It's so weird. I think it's, like, we keep going back to just believing the fact that you can do it and that everything you've done so far in your life has gotten you to where you are today. Imagine if you had gone into that audition acting like if you didn't care, you know, or if you hadn't taken the time to really let yourself think 
am I going to be happy in this house right after college? No. Imagine if you hadn't said, if you hadn't like asked yourself that or listened to your intuition, you would have missed that opportunity. I think that deserves just so much credit, you know, like going with what you really feel is right, not caring about what other people think is right for you, but really yeah. saying, I'm sorry. I hope you understand but please realize that this is something I have to do for myself. And then you went ahead and did it and look who came of it. Completely crazy. And I still like looking back on everything. It should like, it, it doesn't any logical way of looking at it. It doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? But it's just like, it's like my gut was telling me to do this X, Y, Z. So I did it. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're being pulled really. It's like an, like a, like an energy that just kind of pulls you to do something. You don't even understand yeah. like why. You just know that you have to do it. That's the same yeah. thing I feel like happened to me when I, when I decided to move to LA. I had no idea why. I was like, I'm just going to go because my heart <laughs> says that I should go. So after you, get this, after you get this gig with Jordan Fisher, you go on this tour and what happens? Like I'm, I'm sure you learned a ton on the tour. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was actually great because it was both of our first times touring it was That's his beautiful. first time touring it was my first time touring so we really just like learned so much together you know and I learned so much from him because he's such like a brilliant performer and a brilliant like businessman and just amazing person like the best person I know honestly you know the more the more shows we started doing and the more different places we started going I started seeing like the same faces over and over and over and over kind of made me realize like how small the music industry is it's like it really how the is. sound guy who was on this part of the tour in atlanta is now like up in washington with us on a different gig and he works with five different artists and this person also tour manages for this band and this guitar player plays in these two bands and like everyone you just start seeing um the community you know it's it's so funny because every gig that i've had since then has pretty much been through someone I met on that first tour. Yeah. How important is it to treat people right? Right. Like to be kind oh, to yeah. people. Imagine like, I always say this <laughs> to like, pretty much, I feel like anyone that knows me, I'm always like, how important is it to be nice to people? Because you really never know like how you can get recommended for a gig or for an opportunity that could change your life and your career. And like, really if you're not nice if you're not kind if you don't take the time to like ask someone how they are or get someone a cup yeah. of coffee or just be like hey like you just don't know what you could miss a hundred percent especially like in this world or any creative totally. world because you know you could be the best like you could be the most prolific singer in the world yeah. but if you like or pain in the butt and like super ungrateful and like nasty attitude all the time no one's gonna hire you like, no, one's gonna no work with literally you. no one yeah because especially for a tour it's it's you know if I have to spend three months in a bus with you like obviously it's not gonna be you know bubble gum and gumdrops all the time but uh, you know hopefully you're like a positive person to be around because yeah. um, it could really change the way that you experience life on the road right like yeah, if you're not absolutely. around someone that's, I guess, a good person or positive or, you know, yeah, you guys are on tour for like many, many days, many hours, driving, setting up, doing the set. It's just so much. Imagine it's just better to have someone that you kind of like want there, you know? 
Exactly. Yeah. But I'm sure all those experiences, like, yeah, all the people that you met and everything you kind of went through with Jordan Fisher as your first tour set you up for the tours that you had after. So like after Jordan, you came back to LA and what happened? We did like a year and a half, two years, pretty much just like in and out, in and out, in and out with Jordan. And then um, he went to do Hamilton on Broadway. So our gigs kind of stopped for like a little while, you know, in that time, it was cool because I got to kind of I hadn't really got to like experience LA at this point yet, but I had like paid rent in LA for like two years, you know, like I'd been here for a while, but I was never really here. So it still kind of felt like, oh, I don't really know where I belong in the community in LA yet. So there was like a little time in between um, the Jordan gig and um, the Bozzy gig, which came like 10 months after that kind of settled down basically like a year. Um, but in that time it was great because I got to like work with a bunch of local artists in LA and, um play shows in LA and like get into the local scene more and do sessions and songwriting and um kind of like let people know that I'm here you know because no one no one knew who I was because I was never freaking here I remember you telling me this when we met you were like I actually have never really lived in LA and I remember being like what do you mean don't you aren't you like don't you live here yeah and we had met because of Rayleigh, our friend, and yeah. we, the first day we met, they put us in an escape room together, like <laughs> yeah. you and I, just like in one little room, and we had to figure out how to get out, and I had never yeah. met you before, and I remember being like, do you know what we have to do? Because like, I have no idea what we have to do, and <laughs> I remember we talked after that, and you were like, this is actually the first time I've been in LA for a number of months without having to leave, yeah. and I'm really looking forward to like meeting people, let's hang out, and that's how you and I became closer because it was like the first time you had time to be in LA and 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 hang out with people yeah no 100% and yeah those moments were like super super important because you know all all, like half those relationships that I formed ended up like working together or writing together or creating something together living in LA I think is really important to remember like you're not only there to create like you're also there to make friends and like friends in the industry. And I think a lot of times it happens often. And I think it happens in any industry. I think it happens without even wanting it to happen, but we sometimes just forget, like we don't just have to hang out with people because like we're going to create something, but really hang out with them to get to know them and just like hang out as friends. And I think building a bond with people before creating or if you've already created something and you just kind of want to hang out that bond just helps you create something so much more special because you know more of the backstory of the person and you know how you can relate and you know what story you can tell and I have always been someone that has just like loved obviously with this podcast like connecting with people but I do really believe that it, it helps you creatively on top of like personally with your friendships it helps you be a better creative absolutely that's that's like a great point too because a lot of people are always kind of going oh like if I move to LA like I just have to network I have to network and meet everyone and just like meet as many people as I can give everyone my phone number and it's to me it's more important to like make kind of exactly what you're saying like make real connections with people you know like if because not only are you going to benefit from just like a life standpoint and have great friends and great memories and good times, but like if I, you know, if, if you come up to me at a, after a show and you're like, hey, I'm a songwriter, here's my card, call me, let's write. Versus like you come up to me and you're like, we talk about like 
how we both love like Dobermans or German Shepherds for an hour. You know what I mean? I said donuts. (laughs) Or donuts. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, then it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, I remember that that person. Like we we chilled and talked about donuts and dogs for an hour. It was great. Like we were in an escape room for an hour without knowing each other's names. Yeah. We were locked in a jail cell for an hour. (laughs) I actually, now that you said that, I... When I got to LA, I didn't go to any network events, networking events, which is crazy for me to even realize now. I honestly didn't realize until this very moment. I never really went to like those big networking events that everyone goes to when they get to LA, I feel like, or the ones that are just always ongoing in LA because it's such a big creative city. But I did go to a lot of hangouts. Like if a friend of mine was like, hey, I'm having five people over to hang out, come over, I would go. And every single time I went to one of those, I would make a new friend and I would on top of that be like, okay, let's hang out with that person. Like not in a group setting. Like I really liked them. They were really cool. And like, let's just go get a coffee. And it was, it was, I think essential for building the community that I feel like we both have built by being in LA, really caring about someone, really wanting to get to know someone, really realizing like this person's my friend and I want to just like be with them. And if something comes of it with creatively, that's awesome. But my main goal is to just like be there for them as a friend. Yeah. That's, it's, I mean, that's like what life's about at the end of the day, you know, when you take your your ego and your art or whatever out of it la can be very lonely i think anyone that lives in a big city would agree anything i think anyone anywhere can agree that sometimes Mm -hmm. life gets lonely and you really definitely need your support system you really need those true friends those that community you've built to like be there for you and like yeah be like hey i'm not having the greatest day let's hang out and oftentimes those days that i would be like oh i'm not really feeling great we would get in a session and i would just like write something with them you know and that was the support I needed but if I didn't have the trust in them to like go to them and be like I'm not having the greatest day that song would have never happened so I definitely agree that friendships and community is very essential yeah yeah backing up a little bit so with tour you so you're here you're you go to LA you build these friendships you kind of get that community you've always wanted finally from like being in LA for a stable amount of time and mm. then what happens? The, so the, one of the, I don't remember exactly where I met him. Um, it's my friend, Max. Um, we, I met him on tour with Jordan, I think in San Diego or something at a show. Um, he just like calls me one day and he's like, Hey, I have an audition for you. If you want to come like tomorrow at noon, like here's the song. So I'll email him to you. And it was an audition for, for Bozzy, who I've been like touring with for like two something years now. Um, and it was kind of the same, the same deal. Like I was just like having a normal, you know, week in LA, whatever, like eating donuts and hanging out. And then um, went to this audition and then they're like, great, we're going out for, you know, a three month tour with Camila Cabello. And I was like, okay, great. And then that, after that tour, it was four months of radio promo. And then he did a headlining tour. And then we went from that headlining tour right to Europe with Justin Timberlake and then we went from that did promo in Europe for another month and then we came back to the US did one more run in the US and then we did Jingle Ball tour and then there was another like US sprinkling and then there was Asia and then a little bit more US and then COVID (laughs) (laughs) 
crazy. The schedule that we had this year was going to be the craziest one that I've had ever. Being around so many different artists, like on the the Jingle Ball tours, it's like all arenas around the country with like, it's like BB Rexa, Shawn Mendes, like Camila Cabello, um, like all the biggest pop acts around. And just everyone plays the same night. You know what I mean? It's like everyone does like 30 minute set or something. And just being around all those different artists and all those different teams and, and musicians. And um, it really is such a tiny little community. Like everyone knows each other. Everyone hangs out. It's like a super, super welcoming community. Um, <clears throat> but you also like in that community, you see everyone questioning themselves along the way too, which is mm. so nice to see because you're still sitting there you know, some nights I'll be on stage and I'll be like, why am I here? Like, wh wh who chose me and what did I do to deserve to be here? You know, and am I even qualified to do this? Like, or do people think I'm just better than I am? Like, what am I doing here? You know, you kind of have those like doubting, like crazy feeling moments, but then you like look around and you're like, wow, we're playing like Madison Square Garden and like one of the engineers like doesn't know why the mic isn't working. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay so like everyone's still figuring it out you know like yeah. yeah that must be so grounding yeah it's it's crazy like how much if how how much even on like the most professional like high level gigs how much things are still just like well let's pray and hope it works <laughs> like, um, yeah it's it's funny because I kind of going into it assumed like wow okay like at the high level like everything must be like razor sharp, like perfectly working all the time, like well-oiled machine. And like, yes, it's like a very well-oiled machine, but the amount of like things that go wrong, like on a day-to-day -day basis that people are problem solving and learning and figuring out every day, it's like crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. we'll be playing and something will happen with, you know, the singer's mic or the video wall will go out or something with the audio will happen. and we all have these like in-ear monitors and yeah. and you'll just hear people backstage screaming like we need to get the spare mic now run it out to the stage like <laughs> and you just hear this all going on in your ears and you're still just like on stage smiling <laughs> like, wow it's so funny um, i think that's beautiful though everyone's in it together when you're yeah there, it's when you're like there. complete complete teamwork What's the advice you would give someone that I guess looks up to you and says, I want to do what he's doing, or I want to do, you know, like, I want to accomplish that. What's the advice you would give that person? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just <clears throat> like having a having a plan of attack. Like if you always are working towards a goal or a plan, or I guess always working towards a goal, but having a plan, like a step by step plan to kind of get there, like, I would write down my goals every single day when I woke up in the morning and be like today, you know, six month goals, year goals, five year goals, 10 year goals, whatever. And I'd be like, what can I do today that can get me like an inch closer to like this big, huge overarching goal, whatever that might be. Realizing that like, it's going to happen with time, you know, like no matter what you want to do, like it, it, it's always just a matter of time, at least like in this world, you know, it's like no one's more prepared necessarily than the next person or anything. It's just like the timing has to be right because so much of it is completely out of your hands. Yeah. And so many people give up right 
when they're about to get that opportunity. It's just yeah. around the corner most times. Yeah, that's the thing. And it always happens so freaking randomly. Like, yeah, you never, you, can, you can't really plan for it. It just happens. Yeah. Um, and I used to hear people say that and I would get so annoyed because I'd be like, but Same. I'm working so hard. Why isn't it happening to me now? Like this person seems to get all the gigs and like are always having success. And you're kind of sitting there being like, well, what am I doing? Maybe I'm not supposed to do this. It's not my time. It's like, I guess like the, what I used to say is like no plan B ever. <laughs> like, and I don't mean like, oh, if you, you can't work at, like, if you need to work at Starbucks, that's, that's not plan B. That's totally fine. Like, I drove Uber and Lyft, and, like, I worked yeah. at a retail store. You know what I mean? Like, I did all those things so I could support myself, so I could continue, like, with what I wanted to do. So my goals would be actualized one day. Yeah. Um, but people who go, oh, whoops, I'm, like, I'm working at Starbucks now to make money, and my dream is, is done. It's like, no, that's just, like, part of part of the journey yeah yeah um and i think the mistake happens when people go oh well i've been working a job like this for a year and it hasn't happened yet so i should just go back to school for law and be a lawyer or sell insurance and like completely abandon it and then you'll never know what do you feel is your biggest lesson or failure so far i guess like lesson and failure could almost be like the same thing yeah Um, that's why i say it together i used to say failure but i feel like it's too harsh and i don't want people to think like oh you failed at that it's mostly just like what's that hump that i guess has made you stronger like how did you get to where you are with that with that lesson yeah um i think it was it was like way it was way back when i was like really young and like going through like that really rough time where i realized like wow this isn't about me like even on stage it's not about me it's about everyone who's there to experience like the show or like hear your music or it's just about like community and connecting and sharing and like having fun you know what I mean it's not about oh like I don't have enough views on this video or not enough people think I'm the best or it's not about me or you or whatever it's about sharing it and connecting and like having everyone um kind of come together i love that what's your biggest success like most people be like oh like you you tour and you do all those things like that's like the best like those are clearly successes but like i think the biggest like successes i've had is just like discovering this kind of sounds ambiguous but like discovering like my voice on guitar and like what I have to say because there's so much noise like you're always like oh I should learn this song I should transcribe this person and I should I wish it could be more like this artist and this artist and kind of just being able to tune that out and go oh this is how I sound and that's okay and I'm happy with that and I like it well Um, I love asking that question because every time I ask it I love that no one really says like a material thing or no one really says like, oh yeah, like I'm on tour. Everyone always, everyone, no, it's true. Like everyone really does look in deep and is like, oh, I've grown as a person or something. I just realized that life is more simple or little things like that, that change your perspective. And as you grow older, it just becomes more clear. And I just love asking that question because I have yet to interview someone that says, like something that could 
potentially just kind of I go won away. Iron Chef, and that was yeah. it. <laughs> like it could, it could kind of go away, you know. Like it, everything yeah. is, everything is how you feel. Everything is how you grow. Everything is how you are with everyone else, and those are really like the main differences that you can make in like your life yeah. or someone else's life. But thank you so much for being on this. I'm so yeah, happy yeah, to absolutely. have you here. Thanks Let people know. Me. Yeah, of course. Let people know where they can find you or anything you're working on at the moment. Anything. This is your time. Go. Yeah. Um. I mean, just my name. Good luck <laughs> spelling it. <laughs> Nicholas Vinoglu. Um. V e i n o g l o u. And Nicholas is normal. N i c h o l a s. Um. Put most of my stuff on Instagram. Um. I also just built a really sexy website, and I learned how to do Squarespace, and I'm making it look nice so you can go click on that too um and yeah that's pretty much it thank you so much again for being on here i'll have everything linked below so that everyone can kind of just click on it and find you but Amazing. i love you thank you so much for being here i love you i miss you so much i miss you so much i'll see you soon though i hope yeah i hope so all right guys there you have it it was a very jam-packed episode but i hope you learned something nick has so much insight and he has so much knowledge about the music industry. I hope you guys learned something. If you feel like someone else would benefit from listening to the show, send it to them. Tag us on Instagram. Here are a few takeaways from Nick's episode. Number one, surround yourself with people that are working hard and doing good things. You will have to match that energy and that will make you better. Number two, there's magic in that collective mindset of pushing yourself forward. Number three, Having the mentality, I need to do this to be better than that person, will set you up to fail. Number four, more growth comes further down the road, not just in those formative early years. Number five, we'll never arrive at the fantasy land of the best version of ourselves. Say yes and do your best. Number six, make sure to be kind to everyone. Number seven, making real friendships is a better form of networking. Number eight, everyone in the industry questions themselves. Number nine, when working towards a goal, have a plan of attack. What can you do today that will get you an inch closer to what you want? Number 10, it's not about views or likes. It's about sharing, coming together, connecting, and having fun. Thank you so much for being here, guys. As always, it means the world to me that you guys come on here and listen to an episode every single week. If you guys didn't already know, I started a newsletter slash journal. I really don't like calling it a newsletter because it's really a piece of my heart. It's something where I can share with you guys anything that really inspires me or any updates I have about my music or my podcast or anything really like quotes, fashion tips, um, business tips, you name it. I just want to be there with you guys and connect with you guys even more. So if you feel like that's a good fit, if you want to be a part of that community, send me a DM at Drea Lopez without the Ian Lopez or at the Journey of Pursuit. I answer all of the DMs or you can also follow the links below in the show notes and it'll send you directly there. Thank you so much again for being here. I'll see you guys next week. Ciao!